My name is Keith Gove. I am one of the other pastors here at Richfield Community Church. And I'm so grateful that you guys would be willing to come New Year's Eve and uh, start, end 2023 and begin 2024 in, uh, in church and uh, with God's people and uh, celebrating what he has done and looking forward to what he will do. So I uh, love getting uh, to preach this Sunday because one of my favorite things, oh, first, uh, before I go on, we had a kind of a cliffhanger in the uh, Christmas Eve service, if you were here, the video from Stephen where he's like, we may be having a baby, we may be having the baby right now, we may have already had the baby. Uh, so they had the baby. They had the baby. Next week, we'll have the, the picture up and everything, but baby Daisy Grace Huggins came on the 26th. So uh, we'll have the quilt, we'll have the pictures, all the details for you next week. But I wanted, for those of you who were biting your fingernails, mama's good, baby's good, Stephen's asleep, all is good with the world. <laughs> so uh, one, of, one of my favorite things is uh, on this Sunday, uh, just talking about the, the words that were added to our dictionary this year, in 2023. I know it has nothing to do with anything, but it's fun for me. So thanks for humoring me for just a second. Yes, God's goodness, we'll talk about that too. Uh, but first, <laughs> new words that, that entered our dictionary in 2023. It just, you know, it gives us an idea where we are heading as a society and whatever. Uh, I-C-Y-M-I, so not a word, but an acronym, entered the dictionary as an official thing in case you missed it. So in case you missed it, 2023 is ending, 2024 starts tomorrow. So any coupons in your wallet, you know, that are going to expire in 2023, get out there, get that oil changed, get those teeth fixed, whatever, in case you missed it. Nearly weds. So people, they're, they're living together, they're, they're, they're living as though they're married. They may have an intent to marry, they may not have an intent to marry, but they're called nearlyweds. We have newlyweds and nearlyweds, um, sometimes with a wedding date, sometimes without. This is my favorite one, anti-fragile. Now, it doesn't mean you're opposed to things that are fragile. You know, like, oh, hate those Christmas ornaments. They break so easy. Like, that's not what it's about. It is as opposed to the outside forces making you weaker or breaking you, the outside stressors, the outside forces make you stronger. Uh, so becoming stronger, becoming more robust when exposed to stressors, uncertainty, or risk. Now, uh, Todd has referred to a book called The Coddling of the American Mind before. I don't know that they coined the phrase. I know they used the phrase in the book. But I, I like this phrase. I like this word a lot. Anti-fragile. Becoming stronger even when outside forces are pressing in on us. Um, I think it's a biblical idea, and it's my hope for us in, uh, in 2024, and we're going to come back to that. Um, 988, in case you didn't know, in 2022, they began this kind of a 911 emergency service for mental health crises, for mental health emergencies, so that you wouldn't have to call the police for a mental health emergency. You wouldn't have to call the fire department. You could actually speak anytime, anywhere, when you needed it to a counselor. So I was like, 
this is really cool. Like all these things that are these new words, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for us. I'm, I'm hopeful for us. I'm all of a sudden, you know, I have this hope for humanity. And then I got to this word. Petfluencer. This was added to our dictionary. All hope is gone. A person who gains a large following on social media by posting entertaining images or videos of their cat, their dog, or some other pet that lives in their house. No is all I have to say to this. No. I say no. Uh, digital nomads. Uh, I learned this term from, uh, from Altine, who's one of our ministry partners in Tirana, Albania. They, they bought this. Uh, we helped them uh, get this building in Tirana in the capital city that was a hotel that they use the bottom three floors still as a hostel, and the top floor is their church. So they get to meet all these people who are traveling and coming in, get to tell them about Jesus, invite them to church on the fourth floor. Now, I said, who, Tirana is maybe not the, you know, number one tourist destination in Europe. Who is staying in this hostel? Who's staying in this place? He said, mostly digital nomads, which are people who work remotely, they can work from wherever because their job is online, and then they travel. They live somewhere cheap, and they travel for leisure when they are not working. So one day they're in Rome, the next day they're in Prague, and their kind of home base is in Toronto. So digital nomads are a thing. And then last time, last, lastly, the recent pandemic may have, this is a may have, may have made us as a human population slightly more awkward socially than before. May have. I'm not saying for sure, John, but maybe. The internet has responded by referring to people who are endearingly socially awkward as adorkable. <laughs> this is in the dictionary. Adorkable. So I love these things. I love, I love words. Anti-fragile. This actually is a good word. And, I, and it's my prayer. It's my prayer for us that no matter what 2024 brings, that we would be made stronger, whether it's great stuff, whether it's, you know, just the, the mundane, uh, the avalanche of the mundane, or, or it's, it's, you know, craziness. Whatever it is, that we would be made stronger in our faith, in our trust, in our relationship with God, no matter what. And... Uh, so I love this idea of anti-fragile. So I chose a, a passage for this morning from the book of Lamentations. And I'm not kidding. And I know you're like, oh, great, Keith, thank you. Let's start off the new year with Lamentations. That's a great, a great foot to start on. Um, but I promise you, it's a, it's a good thing. So first two chapters of the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah is recounting all of the horrible, horrible, horrible things that happened to Jerusalem as Jerusalem fell and is captured and people are taken away into exile. Horrible, horrible, terrible things. But then in chapter 3, verse 20, he says this, but even despite all the horrible things we have witnessed, I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. 
And therefore, I will hope in him no matter what. Let's pray for our morning. Lord, we want to be those people like jars of clay who, though pressed on every side, are made strong because of you. We want our trust to be in you because you never change. Your love is steadfast and your mercy is new every day. Lord, help us. Would you help us, Lord, today and through the year to trust you, to see your goodness, to believe it, to trust it, to count on it for your glory, Lord, and for our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So looking at 2023... We're going to call to mind, the, Jeremiah says, I call this to mind. And he talks about God's goodness. We're going to call to mind God's goodness. Now, just some general categories of God's goodness. We see God's goodness in creation. Psalm 136 gives this long, long, long list, and you can read it later. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And then he lists I'm going to read every other line so that we don't have to read them all. Uh, He lists all the ways in God's creation that his goodness is evident. uh, To him who alone does great wonders. To him who by understanding he made the heavens. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. The sun to rule over the day and the moon and stars to rule over the night. Everything that we know, his steadfast love endures forever, and we see it in his creation. We see it in his word. In Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, that we would know the character of God, that we would have this word, that we could know his interaction with humanity, his goodness towards us, not only in creation, but in his providence, in the way he provides for us, all that he does for us. David says in Psalm 37, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong. He's not going to fall utterly because the Lord holds his hand. Think of all the ways that God has spared us all the ways God has protected us from ourselves, from our own bad decisions, from our own sin. God's providence, God's providing for us in in ways too numerous to count. In creation, in his word, in caring for us. Uh, Some of you may be more familiar with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Again, God providing for us so that we have we're, we're not in want for anything. He's given us everything we truly need. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul and leads us in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, God's providence is an evidence of his goodness and his goodness in redemption. Lord, if you should mark iniquities, if you should keep track of our sin, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. O Israel, people of God, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. 
These are just four quick categories of where we see God's goodness. But I want you to think for yourself. Where, where have you seen God's goodness? As we were going through Ephesians, I hope you heard uh, Paul in Ephesians 2 say, we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. God's goodness, all those acts of God's goodness, they are more than we could ever count. But I want us to spend just a little bit of time calling to mind God's goodness in our lives, in our hearts. So, I just have four questions that will be up here, and we're going to take a minute, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when everybody's quiet, it's going <laughs> to feel like a long time. How did you get to know God better this year? Where did you see him? Where did you see his love, his wisdom, his power more clearly displayed this year? Or maybe where did you struggle to trust him, to follow him? And you experienced his mercy this year? Or how did he use you to bless others? We're just going to take a minute and think about God's goodness to us. God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your steadfast love for us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that it's new every morning because we need it every morning. Thank you for caring for us, Lord. Thank you for the creation that we live in, we breathe in. Mostly, Lord, we're thankful for Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness, for new life. Thank you, God. Amen. Now, this is worthy of our, of our thoughts all the time. But especially as we come to a year, it's just a day, just like any other. But we get to look back and say, man, 
Look at all the good things that we have received. Look how God has taken care of us. Look, let me take account. Let me make a list. Lord, let me not forget all the ways you have been kind to me when I didn't deserve it. Now, in that last one, let me go back one. In that last one, how did God use me to bless others? You know, maybe you're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope he did. I don't know where. I don't know how. Maybe somewhere. I want you to know because it's part of what I do at RCC in, in outreach. I want to tell you some of the ways just by being a part of this community that you have blessed other people. Um, so locally through RCC, you have been a blessing to people in our community. Um, so through our connection and our partnership with uh, Living Well Crisis Pregnancy Center, you have helped young women in crisis have a safe place to go to talk about what do I do? My world is turned upside down. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. You helped give them a safe place and a kind place to talk, sort through those, uh, those questions. You help kids on the verge of homelessness get to school and not just get to school, but get there with a cool new backpack just like all the other kids full of binders and paper and pens and all the things so that no one's pointing at them saying, why don't you have any stuff? How come you got nothing? You helped make their first day of school a cool day at school. Uh, you also help keep families together through our support of strong families at Olive Crest so that when parents are trying their best to, to get their stuff together, they have safe, strong families like some of you where their kids can be for a weekend or for a week so that they can get their things together so that they don't have to go into the foster system. You helped make that happen. Uh, and then globally, uh, obviously there's a lot more than I can recount just right here, but I want to give you a little bit of a, of a, a snapshot. You helped Muslims hear the gospel for the first time. So we're partnered with this church called Boom. Uh, which is an acronym in Albanian that stands for the Evangelical Church of the Messiah in Pristina. Um, but they started an organization that's called BIM, which I know is going to be very confusing because we got BEAM and we got BOOM and all, all kinds of things. But it stands for the Balkan Institute for Mission. These folks who've come to Christ out of kind of a nominally Muslim background created an organization so that they could raise up other folks who have come to faith, who know that Muslim background and are now able to be sent into the Muslim world and equipped and prepared to share the love of Christ in a way that you and I might not have access to share. Also, we helped Altine and Deanna's church in, in Tirana um, pay off that building in the capital so that they can become a church planting hub in Albania, which if you remember under communism, they were the most devoted, most passionate in their communism. They actually removed themselves from Russia and China because they thought Russia and China were too liberal. These, were, these are very passionate people. And Altine and Diana in the evangelical church there in, in Tirana are starting a network, just like uh, Boom has done in Kosovo. And we helped establish that hub 
that now is going to be planting churches throughout the country. We help Chinese pastors minister to the Chinese community here and also abroad. Um, hopefully, I'll get some, uh, some updates for you um, from one of our, our specific missionaries to that area who just got back from East Asia for the first time since the pandemic. First time he was able to go back in and just to see what God is doing. You have a hand in that. You helped make all of that happen. And then in Indonesia, through Doug and J.L. Robitai, equipping pastors who, Indonesia is this huge connection of all these islands. They're equipping the pastors who are leading the churches across all these islands, across all these cultures, in all these different languages, and bringing the good news to folks who desperately need it. And you all helped make that happen. I have one more uh, who is going to share with you personally. This is uh, John Wayne Kennedy, who, uh, if you uh, remember, he, they raise, part of what they do is they raise chickens so that they can feed kids one egg a day as incentive to get them to school. Because it's much easier for their parents to just say, no, 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 don't go to school, just, just go to work. And so they never get educated and that cycle of poverty continues. They are able to give these kids an egg a day to help change that cycle of poverty and in doing that, be able to minister the gospel. So John Wayne is gonna tell you himself. Good day, RCC Church. Greetings from Africa. Um, as you are, may be aware that we have set up a base in uh, Zimbabwe as well. So we are operating in Mozambique and Zimbabwe. And this is all due to the support uh, that you as a church, uh, our family, um, provide to us to, to do the work that we do. Uh, I am in a very remote village in Zimbabwe, um, and we work with uh, the poorest of the poor, and our goal is to empower them through business. Um, using our strength uh, in poultry, we have utilized um, the, effort, the strength of the people combined with the, the resources that we're able to give them in order for them to pull themselves out of poverty. And in doing this, we minister the gospel through discipleship, through planting of churches, through feeding children in our One Egg a Day program. So I just want to say to you, RCC Church, you make this possible. You are part of the movement and change that Africa so desperately needs. So thank you for all that you do for us. God bless you. And I'm uh, looking forward to 2024. Have a great Christmas. Amen. How cool that through a relatively small investment on our part, God is able to change people's lives, to change people's futures like he has changed ours. We don't know what 2024 is going to bring. We have no idea. I can't stand here and tell you that 2024 is going to be awesome or that it's not going to be awesome. I have no idea. It is likely going to contain some of these things. Challenges, opportunities, opposition, victories, losses. I'm no prophet, but I'm just guessing at least one of the things on that list is going to happen maybe this week. But what we need is to be anti-fragile, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, 
No matter what those losses look like, no matter what those victories look like, no matter what the opposition looks like. And so I just have uh, a few ways that we can pray. Because I feel like that is where we, uh, we must begin to say, Lord, help me. So we call this to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, which gives us confidence to pray and say, Lord, I need help. His mercies are renewed every morning because his faithfulness is unending, is unchanging, is unstoppable. Therefore, we hope in him. So five things that we can be praying this year. And the first one is just, Lord, help me to know you better. As we've gone through Ephesians, Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus, he says in, in Ephesians 1, I do not cease to give thanks for you, this, these believers in Ephesus, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having your eyes, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Lord, may we know you better. May we know that hope. May we know that glorious inheritance. May we know that immeasurable greatness just a little better. A little better tomorrow. A little better next month. A little better the month after that. Second, Lord, help me to see your love more clearly. So the first prayer from Paul was in chapter 1. Second one is from chapter 3 in Ephesians. He says, for this reason I bow my knees. I pray to the Father that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Lord, help me know you. Help me see your character, your love on display all around me, in your word, in your world, in your people. Help me see your love more clearly. Third, help me to trust you when I can't see your love. What Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, he can't see God's love. Everything about, everything he associated with God's love and his presence has been destroyed or carted away in exile. There is nothing in his present circumstance he can point to and say, God's steadfast love never changes. But he trusts. He trusts that it is true even when he can't see it because his word, God's word, is true. He knows it to be true. Fourth, 
Help me to trust your forgiveness when I don't feel worthy of it. Part of knowing and feeling God's goodness is feeling like we should receive it. And sometimes that's hard for us. We think, yes, God is good, but he shouldn't be good to me. He must not know me very well. And John, in his uh, epistle, deals with this directly. He says, if we say that we don't have any sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All. All. All unrighteousness. So Lord, we want to know you better this year in 2024. We want to see your love more clearly than we see it currently. We want to trust your love even when we can't see it. We want to trust that you have forgiven us. That Jesus' sacrifice was costly enough, dear enough, precious enough, sufficient to cover everything and anything. And we don't just want to be spectators of your goodness. We don't want to be just like the crowd that saw Jesus do cool things and kind of gave the golf clap from the sideline. We want to be like the woman at the well who experienced his goodness. And then she went and she told everybody she knew. <laughs> it was too good to keep inside. It was too good to keep to herself. She couldn't help sharing it. Lord, whoever those people are that you've put in my life, whoever those people are that I'm going to run into this year, that I'm going to get to meet, get to know, that I'm going to have an opportunity to share, give me boldness. Give me courage. Give me the words to say to share your steadfast love, your never-ending mercy, your goodness with whoever you bring my way. That's my, my hope for us. These five things, if we could pray even one of these, if even one of these might be our prayer tomorrow as we begin 2024, any one of these, Pick one, and let's trust that God's goodness is going to meet us in that prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your steadfast love, it never changes. It never gets tired. It never gets empty, it never gets cynical, you don't ever tire of our prayer, you don't ever tire of our asking for forgiveness, you know exactly what we are made of. Lord, help us to trust your goodness, help us to, to build our life on it, help us to build our relationships on it, help us to build our families on it. 
Lord, it is the only thing. You are the only one who never changes. And your goodness is forever. Thank you, Lord.